When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello and welcome back to Chronicle, the history of Newcastle United. I'm Matt Ketchell and we're crossing over into the 21st century in this episode to cover the Sir Bobby Robson era at Newcastle United. Last week saw us discuss a couple of bumpy years under Kenny Daglish as the entertainers were dismantled and Newcastle endured two painful cup finals at the old Wembley Stadium. But this week's instalment of the series, it should be a little bit brighter and joining myself and Paul to discuss this period is a player who played 121 times for Sir Bobby Robson. Olivier Bernard. Olivier, thanks so much for coming on the show to discuss this period of the club with us. No, thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. Well, you are the seventh Newcastle player that we've been lucky enough to join us on the show. Thousands have played for the club in the 140 years that they've been in existence. Paul's profiled just about every single one in his book, The Ultimate Who's Who. And I'd like to read an extract for your, from your entry, Olivier, if that's okay, because you had yep. a couple of interesting spells at Newcastle. So this is how Paul has chronicled your time at the club. Okay. It goes, Olivier Jimmy Wilfred Bernard. It is. A, a teenage Olivier Bernard found it hard to fully break into the Lyon first-team picture, the French club during the first decade of the millennium dominating Le Championnat. As a result, Bernard looked elsewhere to develop his career, heading to the northeast at the start of the 2000-2001 season, a move which triggered a long-running dispute between United and the French authorities over the transfer. Some years later, United being forced to pay a modest amount after debates within FIFA, the French courts and the European Court of Justice. Small but stocky with a powerful frame and tenacious with it, Olivier was handed the left-back role replacing Robbie Elliott for the season 2002-2003, after a year of largely coming off the bench in a period learning the English way at Darlington. He was something of a revelation, a real find. It did not look out of place in a star-studded eleven. Manager Bobby Robson liked his tough application and forays down the left flank, linking with fellow countryman Lauren Robert to good effect. Bernard was the manager's first choice and his career looked to be going all the way to the top. He reached the fringe of a full international call-up at the start of the 2004-2005 season, just missing out on final selection. Then injury that season, followed by a change in boss, which halted the Frenchman's rise. In dispute with the club over contract terms, Graham Souness selected his experienced new purchase, Babayaro, ahead of Bernard, and he was soon looking for a new club. The Frenchman headed for Southampton, and a spiral downwards from the heights of the Champions League in a black and white shirt began. Injury and illness did not help. Bernard tried to raise his game at Ibrox, and he soon returned to St James's Park in 2006, but was not fit and not the same player. He soon quit the game, struggling with a hip injury. Later, Olivier went into business in Newcastle, opening a fast food outlet in 2008, as well as coaching in the region and working in the football media. So there we go, Olivier. That's uh, your record that's as a Newcastle good. player. That's quite, quite a good, uh, <laughs> right. good summary. Good, uh, thanks for that. And now, and now running a pub in Blythe still, Ollie? I am, I am. Yep. Very, uh, that's the, uh, the latest news, I would say. Um, good. Yeah, it's been enjoyable. Fantastic. And adopted Geordie, you... Um, you, you had quite a dramatic time at Newcastle, I think, Ollie. You, you went out on loan when you first arrived, then you were fighting for your place to get into the first team, and then you, you, you came kind of out of nowhere and, and began contributing to the, the Champions League success 
that the team enjoyed and and then you know left in a in a bit of an acrimonious manner in 2005 but then came back again so up and down i would say your time at newcastle was very much so. Uh, I probably would say all my career, uh, you know, uh, you know, as as a young player uh, in Lyon, uh, I was I was I was eager to to start playing first team fo- football. You know, I was playing for France uh, at the young age, you know, under fifteen to under twenty one, and and wanted wanted a bit more. Um, so I refused my my professional contract with Lyon. And, and looked elsewhere where I could have a chance. Uh, Newcastle was the, the first club I was going on trial and, uh, you know, Sir Bobby Robson uh, was the man at the time and, uh, and, and like what is so. Um, from that, it, it was fairly easy for me. You know, the way he was talking to me already, um, you know, uh, convinced me to, to sign for the club. So I left Lyon in a bad term because, because, because obviously uh, they had offered me a contract and, and I refused it. Um, so we went to court over it. So spend spend uh, um, early days at Newcastle was 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 quite hard for me. I couldn't speak a word of English, you know. Uh, learning the, the 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 game because the English game is a lot faster than 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 the French one. Uh, it was dead awkward for me to be honest. Um, so I had to go on loan at Darlington, and then from that, uh, I learned the English way, I shall say, mm-hmm. um, and and did quite well. And uh, Bobby Robson uh, obviously called me back and said, you know what, I, th- I think you're ready and start preseason with us and, and let's see how it goes. Um, at that point, I was ready to go back to France. It was it was quite sour for me. It was a bit of a sour taste because, you know, I, I came in England to play to play in big stadium and, uh, you know, I expected to play big stadium, but I wasn't ready. Uh, now I can say it. At the time, you know, when you're young, you, you think you, you, you're ready, but, but I wasn't quite there. But Darlington opened my eyes, uh, and from that, I, I really pushed on. Yeah, you absolutely did. Um, we're going to discuss Bobby Robson a lot in this episode, but I wondered, yeah. I wonder what your first impressions of Sir Bobby were when you arrived, and do you have any good stories about him? Captivating, captivating. Um, you know, is somebody when when you know whether it was team talks or or he used to to, to bring you to his his own office. Uh, it was somebody that was very, very meticulous in what he was saying and how he was saying things. Uh, it's somebody, you know, that I consider as me, me second father, you know, because he could he could understand, you know, because I think he, he's, he's been abroad, uh, managing, coaching abroad, he could understand the, the need of the foreign players at times. And I found that really, really powerful. And, and you wanted to fight for him on the pitch. And I, and I think at the time, you know, between 2000, 2005, uh, when he's been at the club, you know, it didn't matter who who was on the pitch. The the, the starting eleven was was given everything. And, and the subs, um, you know, he, he had that team gelled fairly, fairly well. Mm, he did indeed. And, and uh, Paul, we're going to discuss that team in detail in this episode. We're actually picking up at the start of the 1999-2000 season. Newcastle had just failed to win the FA Cup and Rude Hullett, he turned the dressing room into a bit of a war zone, hadn't he? <laughs> he, he did. Uh, Rude Hullett's first full season after that cup final uh, began with problems. It was clear he was at odds with United's uh, senior players, including Shearer, Rob Lee and, and Ferguson. The manager, as a result, didn't last long. He did bring in new faces in the summer, Kieran Dyer for £7 million and two defenders, Alan Goma and a certain Spaniard by the name of Marcelino. 
but Newcastle started off the season badly. Uh, they struggled and everything came to a head during a, a famous or infamous local derby with Sunderland live on television. At St James's Park, he left out both Shearer and Ferguson, who both watched from the dugout. United lost 2-1 in a rainstorm and uh, Ruud Hullett was out and headed back to the Netherlands. Yeah, pr- pretty unforgivable to drop Shearer and, and Duncan Ferguson, but the match probably should have been called off, so much rain, but lucky really it wasn't because Newcastle might have kept Ruud Hullett and lost Alan Shearer. So uh, thankfully they lost Ruud Hullett in the end and it was a perfect replacement ready and waiting to take over from him, wasn't there, Paul? Uh, there was. Newcastle turned very quickly to another huge figure in the game, uh, ex-England boss Bobby Robson. Now, he was raised he was raised in County Durham, very much a Newcastle supporter, and after disappointing spells in the first Daglish and then Hullett, United needed an, a, a manager to, to revitalise the club once more. You know, Bobby did that with tremendous backing from supporters. Uh, at first, he needed to guide the Magpies from the bottom reaches of the Premier League, uh, and what a difference Bobby Robson made. In his first game at St James's Park, uh, United won 8-0 um, against Sheffield Wednesday, and Alan Shearer was back in the side, and, and he scored all of five goals on that afternoon. And by the turn of the year, Newcastle was comfortably placed uh, and defeated Manchester United 3-0. And on that occasion, the short-lived but superb partnership between Shearer and Ferguson looked near the part. Uh, and there was another FA Cup run that year as well to Wembley, uh, this time in the semi-final when they, went, when they narrowly lost to Chelsea. Yeah. Honestly, I can't talk about that Chelsea semi-final. It's the most disappointed I've ever felt leaving a, a football stadium. But uh, thankfully, there was quite a bit of optimism around the club as we headed into the uh, 2000-2001 season, wasn't there, Paul? There was indeed, yeah, um, and and there was also a new and large St James's Park to get used to. It was opened for the new season, uh, now with a capacity of just over fifty-two thousand. You know, Bobby Robson now had something to build on for the new two thousand and two thousand and one season. He had a core of solid professionals uh, in Shearer, Lee, Barton, Solano, Speed, and Shear Given. Uh, you also gave your know, youngsters a chance, including the, the emerging Aaron Hughes um, in defence. And he was a and he was a hit and a regular for several seasons. Uh, due to cash restraints, the club having spent heavily on the ground enlargement, of course, new arrivals were limited. But they did spend seven million on Carl Court, but he was unluckily injured when looking a goodbye. You know that season was essentially a rebuilding campaign, and and they did that pretty well, finishing in eleventh position. Yeah, Ollie, summer two thousand. That was when you arrived in Newcastle. I was wondering how did the club discover you and, and what was your first impressions of it so so like i said i came uh, i came at the club uh, on trial uh, at first and i think uh, within within a week uh, the decision was made and i can remember signing in uh, uh, early september um for for the club and uh, and i was living at the hotel with uh, with carl court and lua lua uh, we mm. stayed about two to three months in in the same hotel um, waiting to be to be placed in a in, in a in a house, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, at first when I visited um, St James Park is when things things changed for me. You know, for me for me when I was talking about the English game, I didn't see the the the, the passion. Um, it was I was thinking of small stadium as well, thinking about the English game. Um, but but you know, entering St James Park, going on the pitch, 
and you know and the manager telling you that this this is where you'll be playing you know it it, it took me back it took me back it, it was quite impressive um we don't realize until we're on the pitch and you've got you've got fifty thousand plus people um shouting uh and encourage you so so i was i was very pleased very pleased when um when I when I saw the stadium and and and, and but the first time the first time I stepped onto the pitch was was something I'll always remember. Yeah, definitely. And uh, Paul Newcastle, the midfield I remember was particularly strong around this time, and there was two players in particular I think entered their peaks: uh, Nobby Solano and Gary Speed. So I was wondering if you could give us a little player focus on each of those, Paul. Yeah, we had we, we certainly did have a great midfield that that in that era. Um, Gary Speed, of course, a regular for for the Wales international side. He joined Newcastle from Everton uh, after winning the title with Leeds United as a youngster. He only really cost United five and a half million in February nineteen ninety eight, and and that, as it turned out, was a huge bargain. You know, initially the first season he was sort of played out a position on the the left of midfield, but once he moved into a central role. Few were better in the Premier League. He, he gave his all on the field every week. He had a great energy level. He was a box-to-box player and could always score goals. Great left foot and, and good in the air. Uh, tragically, of course, he's no longer with us, but he will always be remembered. His record with Newcastle was first class, 285 games and 40 goals. So, you know, he was one heart, one one part of that midfield. The other one on the right-hand side of midfield was, was Nobby Solano. And, and he was United's first you know, footballer from Peru. We've had quite a few from South America, but Nobby was one of the best. Uh, he arrived in August 1998 uh, for what turned out to be another bargain at only £2.76 million. He took a year to settle, like many overseas players, but after that became one of the Premier League's top midfielders, just like Gary Speed. He had a great right foot. Uh, he had vision. He was a dead ball expert, you know, one of the best we've had in, in modern football. And like Gary Speed as well, had a, had a great work rate. With Speed, um, you know, New, Newcastle had a, a great engine in that in that all-important middle of the field. And uh, he had a, another great record with United, 315 appearances over two spells and scored 48 goals. Yeah, amazing. Oli, um, Gary Speed and Obi Solano, you, you're very lucky to have, have played alongside those two guys at Newcastle. Fantastic, and when when uh, you know Gary's speed uh, was immense for me. You know what people don't really understand is that me when when I first came to Newcastle, when I came and tried to Newcastle, I was I was a centre forward. I oh. played up front. You know I was playing up front with Anerka on the eighteen for France, mm. um, and and all of a sudden, you know, typical me. Uh, you know Bobby Robson, well, what's your best position? And I said, I want, I want the number nine. <laughs> so, so he said, this is never going to happen, son. <laughs> but, but he said, you've got a nice left foot. And I started as a winger for, for, for Newcastle, uh, left winger. And then the, the following season, they bought Laurent Robert. So again, I go back into the office. The manager says, son, I need you, I need you to play left back. <laughs> I know you're, you're, you're French and uh, you've got good ability, you've got power, you've got speed. I think starting from, from, from the back will, will help a lot. And I said, I, I just want to be playing. So so anyway, is, is good for me. And, and at that point, Gary, um, you know, gave me the opportunity, or the opportunity to, to drive forward. 
you know, it, it was always, Oli, just, just enjoy your football. Every time you go, I'll cover. Uh, you don't have to worry too much. So the, I was a very much advanced fullback for, for, for one reason, is because Lauren didn't want to come back. So I had to be <laughs> close enough to him to, be able to, to achieve the ball and, and still be on the front foot. And, and secondly, uh, Gary was giving me the opportunity to, to do that. So uh, without him, I didn't think I, w- I would enjoy that position as much as I did when I played for the club. And, 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 and Nobby, yeah. Nobby, yeah, Nobby, Nobby, he's <laughs> Nobby, he's Nobby. Top man, uh, unbelievable quality. He's got a one uh, as a right foot. You know, you, you cannot do better. You know, his awareness on the ball is ridiculous. It was just just slow. It was it was slow. It wasn't the the, the, the most rapid uh, player, but his brain was, was quicker than anyone uh, on the pitch. And um, you know, he's he's put some assist. I've seen some stuff that he's, he did on a weekly basis, and and it was an amazing player. Yeah, really a joy to watch. And you know, I was very fortunate to play alongside those those two who, who uh, you know gave me a lot as football players. Definitely. And, and obviously, you had to be very patient for your debut. Um, we've been looking back at the records. It looks like you made your first team debut in November of 2001, coming on in the final few minutes of the game at home to Aston Villa, where Shearer scored a very famous placed volley past uh, Peter Schmeichel at the Gallagher end. Yes, yes, that was the, it was it was quite difficult. I think I've, I've played the bit before in the Total Cup in the summer. Yeah. Yeah. Um, made me, me me debut against Tra mm-hmm. uh, at home. Uh, I will remember that day. Uh, I was petrified to go on the pitch, and when he called my name, uh, <laughs> he, I think he shouted about ten times before 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 <laughs> I, I went along and and again got changed. Um, you know, I didn't. I, I wasn't ready in my head, um, <laughs> but but uh, but it was one of my better days uh, as as a youngsters. And uh, Paul. The summer that Oli made his debut, Bobby Robson had spent quite big in the transfer market, hadn't he? Yeah, in 2001-2, to two, uh, you know, Robson was ready to make an impact on the Premier League once more. And he had funds and he made three quality additions. Craig Bellamy for £6.5 Lauren Robert, £9.2 and a young Jermaine Genus for £5 million. Bellamy teamed up with Shearer and Newcastle had a cutting edge in attack again. You know, Robert was a match winner on the wing. Uh, the top the Premier League as Christmas approached. And by February, uh, they were still in contention for the title, uh, back playing attractive football. Yet they slipped up as the season's finale unfolded, but still finished in fourth place. The football was good to watch, back to you know really entertainer's standard. And plenty of goals hit the net. You know, Shearer got 27, Bellamy 14, Solano 12 and Robert 10. And, and there were plenty spectacular goals amongst those. Newcastle once more qualified for the Champions League as a bonus, and that that you know summed up a, a wonderful season. It did, and, and Ollie, this must have been very memorable for you because you made your debut in the Premier League, and you, you really by the end of the season you'd established yourself as a proper member of the first team, really, hadn't you? Yeah, it was a very enjoyable season for me um, because I wanted so bad to to play for the club. You know, I was with the dynamic at that point was fantastic in the dressing room. You were sitting, every player in that dressing room deserved um, to be there. And and the quality was was just, you could smell the win. You know, we knew we were going to win games. Uh, we just didn't know how. 
but it, it was it was fantastic to be to to be in that dressing room at that time. You know, you, you had the older players um, that were doing the things, but you had the core young players like myself who, who wanted to become, um, you know, well known, well established, well established like Alan Shearer. And, and and you know that that was our uh, um, you know a lot of us that was the dream that we wanted um, recognition, and it mm-hmm. worked really well with, with the, the old generation. I shouldn't say that, but you know the Gavi Speed, Alan Shearer, Shay, you know it was it was a well balanced and divided team. Yeah, it was nice nice blend of players and mm. and Paul. The season after that, two thousand and two, two thousand and three, Newcastle managed to go one better than fourth, didn't they? Yeah, well, I reckon you know that that season was United's best in in the modern era of the club's history. You know they had a go at the title again, finishing in third place this time, uh, and uh, they reached the second stage of the Champions League. Fans witnessed some great games, some terrific contests at home and on the continent. Jonathan Woodgate was a master signing at eight million pounds, but you know he was so unfortunate for both the club and the player that he was often injured, and Newcastle looked a far better side when he was at centre-half. Uh, the Champions League was a roller coaster in true Newcastle United style. Uh, they joined the first stage in Group E with Dynamo Kiev and Feyenoord, uh, as well as the mighty Juventus, all seasoned European teams. Newcastle lost you know, their first three games and, and looked down and out, to be honest. But remarkably, they became the first club to get into the second stage by winning uh, the next three fixtures. United defeated Juventus and Kiev at St James's Park. Then a terrific uh, game in Rotterdam took place. A 3-2 victory after being 2-0 up, all level at 2-2, before a dramatic uh, winner from Craig Bellamy in the dying seconds of the match uh, took United into the second stage. Yeah, Oli, we'll have to ask about this Champions League <laughs> campaign. You seem to be in and out of the team for the Champions League games, but you came on as a sub for Hugo Viana in that amazing final game that qualified Newcastle for the second round. Yeah, yeah, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was early doors still in my in my own career, um, and uh, and I was you know not first choice at the time. Uh, it was it was it, it was great, fantastic that Feyenoord game. Um, you know, everybody was on the edge of the their seat. Uh, even ourselves on the pitch, you could you could feel the tensions because we knew we, we we had no chance to to uh, not all the chance to, to to win that game to to go through and wait. Until until the the game finished, so as as we scored that third game and and the final whistle blew, the 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 Juventus game is is still on. Mm. So, so you know yes we 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 were, we were happy, but at the same time like what's going on what's going on, and when we heard the their results like we 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 had a, a proper joy and, and a, a classic uh, in the dressing room that we had to celebrate, and and mm. we did a great moment. I bet. So you would have actually watched most of that game on the bench next to yeah. Sir Bobby Robson. What was he like during the game? It was. We knew we could do it. Uh, we knew we could do it. So it was quite tense. You know, everybody at that point on the bench is a coach. <laughs> it's it's something that I'll, I'll always remember. We, we were cheering. We were, you know, guiding. We, we, you know, everybody was on the edge. And as as we we're coming back in the game, we we, we felt we had it. And 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 the the counter attack that we, we we launched at the end was uh, was was fantastic. We knew it was happening, and we could feel it. And everybody was driving forward, and and um, you know it was it was a successful finish from from Craig Bellamy. 
Yeah, brilliant night, brilliant. Paul, UEFA were kind of experimenting with the format a little bit, and rather than a straight knockout, Newcastle were now drawn into another group. Um, and and that was just, as this was the second round, we were guaranteed huge names, and we got them, didn't we? Yeah, we did. Group A of the second stage saw United drawn with more top European clubs, Barcelona and Inter Milan. Again, they had a poor start on the on the pitch, but defeating Bayer Leverkusen, the, the third continental side in the group, both home and away, gave United a chance to progress. Then came an epic um, at the San Siro in Milan. Around 10,000, if not a few more thousand supporters, had a wonderful time in Milan and witnessed a 2-2 draw. United maybe should have won that game. Uh, for me, it was perhaps the, the pinnacle of watching Newcastle United in over 50 years. United had reached the big time and had matched the best. But a defeat at home to Barcelona ended United's Champions League dream. Yet finishing third in the Premier League gave the club a chance of another season in, in football's elite competition. Um, if they progressed, of course, um, through a qualifying tie. Mm. And you were in Milan that night, Paul? Oh, I was indeed, yes. I yeah. was part of the corporate team and uh, had a lovely seat watching it all in, in the in the main square with the other 10,000, 11,000 fans, yeah. Yes, I was there too. So all three of us were in Milan that night. Um, but Ollie, you were on the pitch. You started this game. It's still fondly remembered by fans almost 20 years later. It's it's a game that I don't know how we drew. Um, we had it in the bag until the latest minute. Um we still to this day don't understand how we, we let it go because I think that was the game we, 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 we were the better side on the night, no question about that. Um, we put pressure on them, we've we, we done everything um, we, we could at that point. Um, just a silly mistake probably to, to watch the second goal, but it, it is what it is in football, do you know what I mean? It's, 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 it's one of them where, where you know, we were pleased with, with the way we played, the, the, the engagement. Uh, and everything, and 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 we we um, disappointed with the results, but but the the way we we conduct ourselves um, was fantastic on the night, especially playing against a, a top side in Europe. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. And it was great to see Newcastle take the lead twice in the San Siro. Mm. Never never forget that. Paul into two thousand and three, two thousand and four. Then there was actually early disappointment to deal with in this season, wasn't there? Yeah, the, the Champions League test was against tough opponents in partisan Belgrade. Uh, United actually began well and looked to be heading for another campaign in the tournament. They won 1 0 in uh, Belgrade, but at St James's Park fell short and suffered a penalty shootout agony. And mm. that wasn't the only time, of course, we, we haven't been very good when it comes to penalty shootouts over the years. Yeah, and that, that was the qualifier to get into the group stage for that year's Champions League. They, they couldn't do it. Oli, you played in both legs of the qualifier. I did. Ah, what I was did. the dressing room like after that one? Painful. It was it was painful. Um, we knew we, were, we, we, we didn't do the, the, what was asked. We should have had it in the bag. We should have been, you know, clear um, winners, you know, with the squad we had at the time. Yeah, we... It, it's still still quite painful even talking <laughs> about it. it it was terrible because because uh, you know when you know you've got you've got a side to win and you don't you know it wasn't the case technically or tactically we, we would get uh, overload we just we just conceded that goal that that um we probably relied on a bit too much we 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 didn't um you know we were not on the front foot like we normally are 
Um, we were quite laid back um, to approach the game and uh, probably played against us. Mm. Did you take a penalty that night or were you, were you about to take a penalty? No, um, one of them was, uh, was just hide when it comes to <laughs> do that sort of things. You know, I, I will always take the, the penalty uh, after the fifth one. Um, just just to make sure that we we qualify before and um, mm. so so no I didn't I didn't take mm. any penalty um, probably for the best difficult night <laughs> yeah <laughs> Paul remind us how the rest of that season played out then yeah well it took Newcastle a while to recover from from that disappointment that, that Dolly's described there um, but the season was again a decent campaign in the end we finished in fifth place they did have. A UEFA Cup campaign to, to rely on after that exit in the Champions League um, and United very nearly went all the way to the final uh, but for injury uh, in in the semi-final uh, maybe uh, United uh, would have made it. After 10 games of European action they faced Marseille uh, who you know, boasted Didier Drogba at centre forward uh, in that semi-final but Newcastle were without several top players, regulars, Jonathan Woodgate, Craig Bellamy Janice and Dyer, and found the French uh, side just too good over the two legs. Yeah, Ollie, the UEFA Cup run, there was there was 12 games. You started 11 of them, including yeah. both the semi-finals. I'd love to hear your memories from those games against Marseille. Yeah, that, that's that's the, the the problem. It was a it was all season. I think we 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 we, we struggled with injuries. We had long term injuries. We had we had uh, little niggles here and there. It, it was almost a broken squad uh, trying to finish the season, you know, desperately. Uh, when we play Marseille at home, um, that was probably our biggest disappointment. I think we we could have done better on the night, but Marseille tactically were were on point. And then when we we went out and play out there, uh, only one man, you know, stole stole the the, the match. Uh, DJ Drogba was was phenomenal. Yeah. You know, he was he was probably the only one that I would I would only remember from from the Marseille squad. Um, but he terrorised us um, twice on the solo. You've got to be a big man to do that, uh, especially with with the confidence we've we've had um, over the, the the previous two years. The only the only deception I have is that we didn't have our full side, full squad that season, um, even in in the league. In and out, uh, players getting injured, um, never the same starting eleven twice, uh, most of the time. So, so that's that's the deception that I can I can uh, I can remember, <clears throat> because I, I still believe to this day that we were a better side than Marseille. We got caught twice by a better man, and 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 at <laughs> the end of the day, uh, that's enough. You know, they went they went out. They were not a great side, but they had a great player and a fantastic yeah. player. And yeah. it shows because the final, they, they, I think they got battered uh, in the final. Um, mm. So, so I, I believe that we, we, if it wasn't the injuries, we, we could have done better uh, that year, both, both in the league and um, and the uh, Cup. Yeah, what could have been, eh, Paul? We didn't... Think, is that not the season we top of the league by December? Um, I think it might. That was the... that was. Oh, it could have been when we played Leeds and won three. For four three in the last minute was that that season? I can't remember. That might have been the season that, that season or the season before. Yeah, I think it might yeah. have been the season before. You know. Yeah, it could could have been three or two or three, wasn't it? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, we'll 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 check that we, out. We'll we check we were out. on the front foot. You know, those those yeah. two seasons, we were on the front foot, and 
big disappointment. If it yeah. wasn't the injury, I think we 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 would have done well. We would have mm -hmm. done well. Yeah, well, I agree with that. Had we had a full side out against Marseille, uh, especially in the return leg, I think uh, we would have yeah. uh, in the in the leg in France. I think we would have won. You yeah, without doubt. Yeah, uh, we didn't look. Some... Afraid, we, we didn't look, um, you know, out of place in the semi final. We just didn't look like scoring and, and, and controlling. Uh, we, we were too average side on the night, I felt, but just a better, a better centre forward, a better, better man. You know, he become a, a top striker, probably one of the better ones in the, in the Premier League. Yeah, he got his move to Chelsea straight yeah, after that, didn't he? Paul, um, Bobby Robson's rain wasn't to last a great deal longer after this um, but I mean I think we can safely say that the club he left behind was way stronger than the one that he joined five years earlier. Uh, very much so um, you know Robson by then he was knighted as Sir Bobby Robson he'd placed Newcastle firmly back on the domestic and the European stage you know things were looking good for Newcastle United but the club's hierarchy uh, were to shoot themselves in the foot and commit a huge own goal without any doubt as the following 2004-5 season began and, and it was uh, perplexing to everybody what what uh, unveiled. Yeah, yeah, Newcastle shooting themselves in the foot, that's a, a familiar theme that we're <laughs> learning this ser series but uh, we'll save the Sir Bobby Robson fallout for next week's episode but Ollie, we'll leave the final word to you. you. You had such an interesting career as a Newcastle player playing in the last really great era that I think we've seen at the club. And um, you must have really enjoyed your time because, uh, like we said at the, uh, at the beginning, you're still living here. You're an adopted Geordie. I am. I am. Uh, I love the area. Uh, I love the club still. Um, I'm very much passionate about, you know, uh, Newcastle United and, and, and the city itself. Um, it's a club that gave me almost everything uh, about trophies. Um, you know, I was... I was, I was complete as a player uh, I was a regular for the club um, so so now in terms you know I had a I had a short but sweet career um, due to injuries but um, but to be honest uh, you know Newcastle's done everything for me and now now I'm, I'm, I'm you know I've been living in an office ever since and I don't have I don't have a problem staying for another 20 60 years um, you know, France is still, still, still where I'm born, but, but now I'm, I feel like a Geordie now. <laughs> Brilliant, ah, great, top man. <laughs> yeah, so good to have you as as our guest, Ollie. We appreciate it, and uh, the Newcastle story moves on. We've got less than twenty years to cover in our series now. We're going to do that over six more episodes. So, listeners, please keep tuning in. More twists and turns to cover. Uh, more great guests to chat to. Newcastle and the Champions League, though, are done uh, next week. There'll be a new striker and a new owner, but sadly, neither will live up to their expectations. <laughs> so it's going to be an interesting episode. But in the meantime, please stay subscribed to the Everything is Black and White podcast by whichever platform you're listening to us on and hit the notification bell so you get all our podcasts as soon as they land. And you can follow us, obviously, on social media. We're at Chronicle NUFC on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. There's video versions of the episodes available to watch on our YouTube channel, which is called the EIBW Podcast. And remember to stay up to date with everything Black and White by subscribing to our daily Newcastle United newsletters. These are completely free. There's a link to sign up in the show notes. If you tap that and select Sport Newcastle United Updates, put your email address in. You'll be signed up to receive all the best Newcastle United content from Chronicle Live every single day. Thanks so much for listening to Chronicled, the history of Newcastle United, with me, Matt Ketchell, Paul Joanneau, 
and our very special guest, Olivier Bernard.